We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talk About Flow Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in today. Appreciate all you. Casual Friday is finally back. Like, actual, legitimate, casual Friday. My man, Joe Yernan, joins me. Last couple weeks, holiday, so we dropped these episodes on Thursdays. Couple weeks before that, uh, under the weather, no show at all. So it's been a, it's been a minute, man, since we've had a, a legitimate casual Friday. Joe Yerden, mm. what's going on, dude? Uh no, it's nice. It's nice to do this like in a more timely fashion. Yeah. I guess I, you know, like I mean, it's it's going to be Friday, and in just a couple hours. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, well, that's that's cool. We usually like tape this typically our our schedule the way it works out. I mean, it varies obviously, but usually we tape these. Thursday, early afternoon, and then we kind of sweat out Thursday, hoping nothing crazy happens, mm-hmm. you know, before it uh, it drops Friday. But we're taping as late Thursday night after the Sabres game, so hopefully everything we talk about, at least with them, is is current. Yeah, um, let's hope so. <laughs> I still remember that one episode. I, I'll never forget it. It was, I don't know, maybe, what, six weeks or so ago? When I, right before UPL got called up. We spent yeah. literally half of an episode talking about, you were talking about the Sabres need to do something with the goalie position. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we talked about UPL would be just best for him to stay down probably. And then yep. like an hour after we wrapped up, um, they traded for Zuban and, and then UPL got called up and he's been up with Buffalo ever since. And so that, that's, that was pretty wild, man. But anyway, anywho, um, you know, I want to do something before we get it. And we're going to talk bills. We're going to talk Sabres, lots of other stuff. We got our starting five draft this week. It's going to be all time TV game shows. I'm going to do something right off the bat here though. Joe, I, 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 I generally hate this. Okay. Um, I hate when people have a podcast and I've done this. I'm guilty once in a while myself. I don't know. We'll talk about yours in a minute too. I don't know if you're doing this or not. When you have a podcast right at the beginning, you know what a call for action is? A call for action is basically when you're mm-hmm. asking people to follow you on Twitter, subscribe to your podcast, rate, review, mm-hmm. uh, go fund me, join my Patreon, send my mom money. You know, you do all that stuff right at mm-hmm. the beginning. I hate that. I feel like when you have a podcast, you come on, you introduce yourself, you, you talk about, you know, you kind of give a hint to what you're going to talk about, then you dive in. And then when they get value from your show, it's when you ask them to do all the shit at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't like when people do it at the beginning. I do it once in a while. So I'm calling myself out a little bit, but I, and I'm going to do it again right now. All right. Because 
I want everybody, if you're listening to this right now, go on YouTube, search Talking Buffalo Podcast, and hit subscribe. And I'm saying that for a reason because finally, you and I, I've talked about this with you ad nauseum, off air, a little bit on air. Finally, going to start doing some video elements on this show really, really soon. I actually ordered lights. Right now, Joe and I do video every week. You're only hearing an audio version, but the lights are just terrible. I got like re- regular bedroom lights. I ordered some really good lights. The lights came in the mail. I was so excited to put them together, and they didn't send Amazon. They're not sending the stands. <laughs> so I got no lights for this week, but I got a camera. I got all kinds of stuff, so I'm really looking forward to doing some video stuff. We're going to put up highlights from many episodes, like a lot of these casual Friday talks. We'll put up. Not the whole episode, but we'll put up some highlights, some things that Joe says. I'll cut up some clips from that. Uh, I'm going to get into some occasional live streams, some original stuff that won't be on the podcast. Like maybe I might have a 45-minute episode just talking about like Cobra Kai or something like that. You know what I mean? That won't be on the podcast, but on the YouTube channel. Basically, anytime I got a thought, I might just turn the camera on and have a take on something. So anyway, Talking Buffalo Podcast on YouTube. I want to ask people to go ahead. And uh, and do that. Let's talk about, like you said, your show, Maintenance Day, Mondays, right. Lance Lazowski, Joe Yurden. A lot of fun. I've, I'm really coming to enjoy it. And you seem to have worked out the uh, early episode. Not that there's been a lot because you've done four now, but yeah. the first one for sure, maybe two episodes. Uh, audio kinks on Lance's end. Um, those seem to have been worked out well. Mm-hmm. This episode that just dropped this past Monday earlier this week, and again, these drop every Monday, far and away the best of the four, first four yet. You think so? Yeah. Like, I mean, are you just talking like audio quality wise, or are you talking yeah. like everything in general? Well, just, I, I mean, I enjoyed the first episode in general. Oh, okay. I, I've enjoyed well, them good. all. I enjoyed the content. I enjoyed the conversation. I'm talking purely from a technical and production standpoint. It's just, it's sounding a lot better. I think. Lance finally sprung for some good Wi-Fi, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he sounded, did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He did correct that one. That that, that issue. That's an issue. Uh, as the uh, as the audio guy recording and doing all the stuff with it, uh, I can't control. Like if his if, if his internet goes sideways, I there's um there's nothing I can do about Welcome it. Welcome to the club, buddy. I mean the the only the only way to get around that is to have him talk on his phone for like an hour and like. He's he's a real reporter, so like he can't occupy his phone for an hour <laughs> talking to me. Like you know, somebody's agent calls him or something like that. Then we got to take a break or surreptitiously put him on our show randomly. You know, just like things like that where it's you know unseemly and not nice. So I I don't I don't want to I want to interfere with Lance's job. Lance has got a Lance has got a hard enough job as it is. <laughs> you guys seem to have been uh. I mean, you guys are, are friends. You guys yes. are friends. You've been friendly. Yeah. You guys have a good relationship. And I think it's starting to, uh, the chemistry. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah. You know I mean, to kind of really know each other and kind of just get a vibe for how it's going to go and what you're going to say and, and things like that. And you just kind of get that flow. After all, you and I, I mean, you and I have been doing this now. I think this is like our, God. Well, we've done 29 drafts. That's just drafts. <laughs> so that means you probably have been on this 50 times at least. So it's like, I don't even need to, t- I say, before we start talking, I'm like, Joe, we're going to talk Bill Sabres. Here's the draft topic. All right, talk to you Friday or Thursday night or whatever yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be. It takes a little more time, like I said, to develop that chemistry. But you and Lance seem to definitely have some early on. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, when you're talking to each other every day at the rink, uh, you know, and at games and, you know, 
shoot the shoot the shit always like either you either you cut you become good with the chemistry and you're you know you can hit it off well or you just don't like right. some people it's just you know you don't click with and then it's just kind of like oh all right well you know you have no issue with them it's just the give and take is just not there like there's just some kind of like mental like metaphysical wall like sure. in front of both of you where you're just it just ain't happening but with lance it's like i i, I think with lance and i were both we're both kind of dry with our humor so like we can slip funny things by and like we'll both miss it sometimes or we'll both catch it and then we're both cracking up and then forget it we're, we're going off the rails at that point so but uh but yeah no it's you know kind of you know the first couple episodes is kind of like trading wheels you know you're just trying Absolutely. to get your balance trying to get it figured out mm-hmm. and then uh just kind of roll from there this this next episode is going to be interesting because uh the sabers played tonight thursday uh, they don't have another game for a long time, so <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to COVID shutdowns and whatnot. So, and they've got a COVID bug themselves, so that's uh, probably probably for the best. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, again, I want to talk about Sabers and COVID in a second. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Mm-hmm. We're taping this late Thursday. Um, my first winter back in Buffalo in a while. This was like supposed to be anyway the first significant snowstorm. Schools closed on Wednesday in preparation for Thursday. Mm. And this might be weird because this doesn't happen very often. Usually, now Joe lives in the city yeah. and I live in West Seneca, which is, I don't want to say it's too south. It's kind of like more central, I, I'd say. You're in the but, usual snow belt there. Right, yeah. Like that's I mean, that's usually where it gets typically, pounded. Typically, we get it bad and then you not as bad. But we didn't get shit on Thursday. I'm telling you right now, I was <laughs> I was anticipating a lot of snow. And meanwhile... On Twitter and on the local news and Facebook, I see all kinds of videos and photos like downtown Buffalo, the city got it pretty good, man. Yeah, we got it. We got it right on the nose. I'm I'm glad I don't live out like uh, Lancaster, uh, Clarence Way, because they got it bad, too. Like out towards the airport, they got hammered with it. Uh, But downtown, roughly a foot, I got to say, based on when I was out there shoveling a few hours ago. um, I mean, it's still kind of falling now, I, I guess. Look out the window. Yeah, I, I think it's still falling. I don't know. Whatever. I got the I got the curtains drawn, man. It's it's nighttime. Nobody. I don't need to. I don't need to look outside. People don't need to look in. Let's leave it to that. But um, but yeah, it's um, but yeah, I mean, it's it looks great. Like it looks beautiful. But I ain't driving anywhere. I am not going any place. I am not like. I'm hoping that like it turns forty degrees at some point, so all the snow melts off my car, so I don't have to dig it out. But I uh, I got a bad feeling because it's uh, January and we're in Buffalo that that the 40 degree weather that we had last week is probably gone. Well, let me say this. I don't need to name the specific restaurant, at least not at this time. But I'm not ashamed to, to say this. I have a part time second job to help ends make ends meet right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually doing some delivering. And so I drove for a couple hours tonight, about four hours. And it was weird because like the South Buffalo was fine. Mm-hmm. and West Seneca at the time was fine, but as soon as I got into like Clinton, Kaisertown, Lovejoy, into the city areas, mm-hmm. just pummeled. I mean, the streets and you know the plows don't get out there as often, and it was uh, it was a mess, and it was a mess downtown. Which you, which you know is a a good uh, segue into getting into the Sabers. So the Sabers played at home on Thursday night, <laughs> and let me start with this because I I found it funny. I posted it on Facebook. John Vogel from the Athletic, you know. 
Uh, well, of course, good pal. You know, John. Actual <laughs> yeah. good, ac- yeah. actual good, not sarcastic good pal. Actual no, John's good, a good pal. Dude. I like John a lot, man. John's a really good guy. But anyway, he tweeted out a photo. Now, I don't think he took it because it looked really good. And I don't really, John's not like the best photographer in the world. I don't know who took the photo, but it was a, it was an empty, pretty much tonight's arena, which was nearly goddamn empty. And he said something about the combination. I found it funny and, and true. You know, the combination of the team stinking for a decade and mm-hmm. the weather and maybe the opponent that's in town, San Jose, not like the biggest draw, but man, that arena was empty mm-hmm. tonight. It was like pick your seat night at Key Bank Arena. Yeah. I mean, I was, I think we were all kind of expecting that to be the case. I got to, I got to look at the game. I guess I should pull up the game sheet. Why wasn't I more prepared for this? Because <laughs> oh, we don't man. usually talk about games. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I know. See, that's that's the whole thing. No, no I'm gonna look it up on my phone. No, it wasn't a lot. I, man. If I'm clacking away at the keyboard, we could have said any damn where we wanted. But so I just I, found it funny, man, that the photo looked really. I mean, it looked. It, yeah, I. I no, but I am curious as to what they say they had, because that's always the interesting thing. Because they always say tickets distributed. Which, right. you know, which means like, you know, all the season ticket holders, you know, all their tickets and then whoever walked up. So, so they're exaggerating greatly, whatever. That oh, number yeah. 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 Well, why you see. look it up? Let's say <laughs> they didn't put. Wait, wait, wait. Here it is. Here. Let's play a guessing game. What do you think it was? What do I think it was? Yes. It looked like there was maybe 2,200 people in the stands. <laughs> you know what it's listed as? What? 8,117. Get out of here. That's, ha- that's more than half the capacity, right? What's that? That's more than half the capacity, isn't it? Or close to uh, it, like, like around 18,000 or something it's like that? Clo- uh, it's a little under half capacity because it's a 19,000 19, seat. Well, it's 400% more than what was actually there. Let's just put it that way. There was no way that there was 2,000 fans there, let alone 8,000. <laughs> no shot. No way. No way. But I, I think I think you're right. I think there was two thousand people there, but they were all people who aren't season ticket holders because there's like sixty five hundred, like six, like whatever. I, John did, John did the math opening night, uh, and it was like they're down to like it. The assumption, like the estimation, is like like between sixty five hundred and seven thousand season ticket holders now because like they stink. They've been stinking. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I could see it being a case where like yeah we gave you know we we distributed sixty five hundred but yeah like we had like another fifteen hundred two thousand people show up <laughs> to get tickets like okay like well I'll tell you this but we know though, that's Joe. not the case like that's uh, right. no but I'll way. tell you this so the people that were there whether it was eight thousand twenty two hundred six hundred whatever it may be I thought they missed a a pretty entertaining game tonight and again mm-hmm. this is dropping casual Friday. And uh, we're taping this Thursday night after the game, which again is a rarity for Joe and I to do. But uh, I thought it was a pretty good game. I got to watch most of it. I missed most of the first period, which is a good thing because <laughs> that's the that's the problem. Okay, so the second period, I thought the Sabres played really good. They lost three to two. Um, I thought they played good in the second period. I thought they were fantastic in the third period. They poured out mm-hmm. like 22 shots just in the third period. When the hell was the last time the Sabres had 22 shots in a single period? But you can't just not show up in the first period. And that's what they did. Very lazy, very uninspired first period. And they fell into a, a three Oh hole mm-hmm. and they couldn't dig themselves out. Like I said, they played good over the last two Skinner scored. Gergensen had a goal. Uh, Tate Thompson nearly tied it mm-hmm. at the end, 22 shots in the third, but not enough. I want to talk about Darlene, but we'll talk about him in a second. First, let me mm-hmm. get your 
you know, and again, this is kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to the game because it literally just concluded like a half hour or so. But what were your thoughts from what you saw this late? Well, you were, uh, it's a good thing you missed most of the first period because you would, you would want to rant a lot about how bad they were (laughs) in the first period. My goodness. I, my, my summation was it was a bad period. It was a, it was, that's, it was a really bad period, but you know, I've been watching this team very closely for nine years. So I've seen a lot of very bad periods, but that one's up there, man. It was, it was bad. I felt bad for Lukanen because he got left hung out on like two of those goals. And one of them you probably want to save on, but like two of them, it's just, you know, you're caught, you're caught in no man's land because there's, it's a two on one or a three on one kind of situation. And you're just like, all right, what a great. Thanks. You know, thanks guys. But, um, but yeah, that was a no show first period. Like they didn't do, they didn't do diddly poo squat, <laughs> breaking out like Jim Mora phrases for this because it's, it was, it was, a, it was a thing where it's like, well, if they come back, come back like that in the second and third periods, they're going to lose this game nine to nothing. And it's going to be thoroughly embarrassing because that's, that's how bad they played, but they played well in the, in the second and third. And I mean, I guess you can understand because it's been a little bit since they played. You know, they've had hardly any games the last, you know, three weeks. And, you know, they're, they're going to be rusty. Like, you know, you can only practice against each other so much and get so much out of that. You know, game competition is is the real deal. And, yeah, that was you know, the first you, game since Saturday afternoon, right? I think New Year's Day, right? Yeah, yeah, since awesome. New Year's Day. So, yeah, five five days off. That You never get five days off in the NHL unless right. it's your bye week, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's usually how it goes. But I think it's something like four games in the last 20 days, I think it is. It's something insane. I don't know. But it's, you know, I, I can't. I can't say that it's a huge disappointment that they had a garbage first period. But like, what do you expect? You know, I, I don't I don't know what you're expecting to to get out of a team that has, you know, that that also got like what three guys back in the lineup tonight from the COVID list. And then, you know, they're missing a you know a handful of others, but you know, you get cousins back, you get Gergensen's back, you get, you know, you're getting all these guys back in the lineup, and it's like, oh, all right, well, this, this is good. You know, Colin Ma- Colin Miller's back in the back in the lineup playing defense. So, you know, things aren't as bad as it seems, but um, it may not be a coincidence that all I think all three San Jose goals came when Ethan Prow was on the ice. And listen, Ethan Prow, it's a nice story. It's a really nice story. Twenty nine years old gets to finally make his NHL debut. Scores a goal in his NHL debut. Like that's all really awesome stuff. He did not look like right. the guy who should be in the NHL tonight. Yeah. Um. Now that's tough. You know, I I don't like saying stuff like that. I don't like to be that blunt, but yeah, but you got to kind of go, man. Like you know, there, there's a reason why sometimes, sometimes I mean, it's a feel good story, but there's times where you say, well, there's a reason why he didn't play in the NHL before he was, you know, 29 years old. As a fan, you go to a game like tonight, like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it depends on your perspective. But if if it was your perspective, and if you're a Sabres fan. How do you leave that arena feeling tonight? Do you feel like, uh, you know, I'm mad because you can't just show up and play in the first period like that and expect to win. We're not good enough to get away with that. Or do you leave with the perspective of, you know what? They could have just laid down. They they were down three nothing, and it could have just been one of those nights where they end up losing six to one, but they 
They really regrouped in the second and third period and, and they played well and they made it a damn good game of it. And you can make a very fair argument that they could have came away with from with points from that game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you can definitely make the argument. They could have came away with points. I mean, they, I mean, they controlled the third period. Now granted, you know, San Jose is defending like crazy, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, you know, they're just trying to hold on to the lead at that point, but um, you know, score effects and, and all that stuff. But like, but still, like for an entire period, like the team's not going to hunker down for an entire period. It's not the playoffs. Like it's just not. That's you're not doing that for a road game in the middle of the freaking season. Like you're just not doing that. But um, I think you know, I if I'm a fan walking away from that game, I'm frustrated, but I'm okay because yeah, it's terrible first period. You're you're bad that they you know the game the game the game was done after that period. But I like the way that they come back. I like the way that they get back into the game. You know, you like seeing Skinner get another goal. Like that was a tremendous shot by Skinner uh, on his goal. You like seeing uh, Gergensen's get that. You know, Darlene with a just absolutely beautiful pass over to Thompson. Thompson wires one off the post, and Gergensen's right there. So um, you like seeing that kind of setup. You know, and it's on a power play. You know, it's six on four situation with a goalie pulled. But um, you know, I, I'm not feeling. Yeah, I'm bummed because my team loses, but also I'm just kind of like, you know what? All right. You know, there's going to be nights like this. Like that's, I think that's, you can, you can say that about a lot, a lot of games this year where it's just going to be, mm, you know, sometimes them's the breaks and like, listen, they, they had that great start. They haven't been very good since then. Like their record is pretty bad since they started what? Five Oh and one. I think it was. Or whatever, I forget what the record was. I think it was five one one to start, and then they're they've only got five wins since then. Like it's like five seventeen and two or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like they they haven't done well, but like they've played well. There's a lot of games where they played well, but either garbage goaltending or it's just a you know, a them's the breaks kind of game. But uh, but Don Granado after the game tonight was he was frustrated with with how sloppy they were in the first period and yeah <laughs> yeah pal <laughs> yeah i would be i'd be pretty pretty pissed about that too because you know you're just if you're just handing the puck off to these guys any team's gonna beat you and i mean sharks didn't even have carlson playing tonight so you know uh, they still got beat by their class guys i mean timo meyer scores you know you're you're getting beat by good players there so you know if you hand good players the puck they're gonna score We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Back Casual Friday, Joe Yardin. One of the reasons why this became an entertaining game and a game the Sabres nearly pulled out was Rasmus Dahlin, his play tonight. And again, by tonight, mm-hmm. I mean late on Thursday. I don't tweet during Sabres game quite often. To be honest with you, it's because I don't watch Sabres games live <laughs> very often. I'll usually catch highlights or talk to some other people. Or, you know, sometimes I'll watch the replay on MSG late at night, especially if it was a, a game that I read was good, you know, or saw was good. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I tweeted about Dowling tonight. I, I thought he was fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. He was flying around, making plays, skated 28 minutes and 47 seconds, five shots on net, had the assist. Granado. Mm-hmm. You talked about him being frustrated with the team in the first period, deservedly so. He also sang the praises of Rasmus Dahlin mm-hmm. after the game and kind of eh, semi-called out the media for, you know, mm-hmm. they point out a lot of his mistakes, and I think that's fair, you know. And Dahlin has played from what I've seen and from what I understand has been playing very well. I, I thought with my uneducated hockey eye, I thought he was the best player on the ice tonight. I thought he was really, really good. I don't know if you would go quite that far, but I will. I thought he was. I thought he was the type of player that uh, we want him to be, at least on this night. And and again, he's been playing mm-hmm. well recently. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I uh, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you right there. I think Darlene's been dynamite for a few weeks now, as far as I'm concerned. I mean. This is it's an he's in an awkward spot because there's a lot of stuff that he does where sometimes those games where he just absolutely blows people out of the water and you're just like, whoa, that's amazing. And then you look at like some of the deeper stats and you're like, well, it wasn't that good, I guess. But he looked good doing it. So that's nice. Um, That ain't the case with this game. Like he he was 68 percent possession at five on five. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. That's, (laughs) that's what everybody signed up for with this, you know, like that's, that's what you want to see. And wasn't on, you know, at five on five, wasn't on for any goals for or against, you know, the the goal he got the assist on was a power play goal. Um, But everything else that he, that he did, you know, I'm looking uh, expected goal number. I mean, expected goal numbers weren't that great, but you know, whatever. Like it's, it is what it is. But like, when you're when you're dominating possession like that, though, he just looks in command out there. He looks I mean, so comfortable. That's but what this I mean. is two straight years, Joe. Why is it? And he's young. I get it. Trust mm-hmm. me, I, I do understand that. But this is like back to back years where 
he had started really slow, mm-hmm. and then he's really starting to come on. You know, yeah. it'd be really nice. Hopefully, by next year, he's going to come out from opening night and look like he does right now. Because if he does that, he's going to become one of the better players in this league. No question yeah. about it. Uh, oh, abs- absolutely. And th- I, I think that has to be a source of frustration if I'm the Sabres. Like, you know, hey, buddy, why is it taking you 20, 20 25, 30 games yeah. for you to get, get that kick in the ass to get going? It's, right. You know, you, you don't know, want I, them to need that. At least a couple of years ago, you could you could point the, the time when he turned it on because he got hit in the head in Tampa. And when he came back from that concussion, he was lights out the rest of the way. He was he was really good the rest of that night, that uh, 1920 season. Um, he was fantastic last year. I mean, last year's a weird year as far as I'm concerned. Like it's just, it's just all over the place with everything. And then, you know, he had Ralph for half the year and everything stunk with Ralph. And then, you know, Don Granado gets a hold of him and then he starts playing better. And it's like, well, yeah, no kidding. Like he's took the leash off everybody. So, um, you know, that's kind of a wash year as far as I'm concerned, but um, but the way he started this year where he's, you know, he's lacking the confidence. You, you can, I mean, we talked about this before where you can visibly see him having zero confidence on the ice where you're just like, oh man, pick it, pick it up, pal. Like, let's go. Like you can do better than this. You know, you can. Um, and I, th- I think I was one of a handful of people saying, get the guy a sports psychologist. You were on- like, you honestly, were. like, I remember it several times. It. You, you said yeah, it, you like, said it multiple times on this show. Yeah. Just get it, just get it, you know, get out of your own head and just go, go and play, you know, have that, you don't need the long memory in hockey, man. Like you just, you know, if you make a mistake, forget it. As soon as you go to the bench, forget it. Like yeah. it's gone. I, I agree with you then. And I really agree with you now. There's yeah, no question and, about it. I mean, and you know, like him playing like this, this is what you want. This is exactly what you signed up for. And you know, it's, it's, and having him and Yoki Haru as the, as the guy together, guys together, they're the number one pair. Like that's, you know, they're the, I mean, as this team is built right now, they're the number one pair, but you know, I, I think even, you know, once you get Owen power in here next year, that, he, that's still your number one pair. Sure. I mean, Owen power is probably your number, two, your number, your number two defenseman on that second pair. But, um, but I mean, you know, that, that's, we'll, we'll cross that bridge next year. Like that's, <laughs> that, we'll worry about that. Maybe we'll cross it in April. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But, um, but yeah, like it's, it's it's really good, and you know I get Granado coming out and taking pokes at at everybody in the media that's that's taken that's taken some swings at Darlene because listen listen I I get it like every time there's a mistake everybody's gonna be like geez we got this guy Kale McCarr's got 15 goals in Colorado why do we you know everybody's screaming about that and it's just like well Kale McCarr plays a place for a good team. <laughs> <laughs> he won a national championship in, in, you know, in NCAA. So like, you know, this stuff happens like weird things can happen. And plus he was, it's not like he came out of nowhere anyways, but it's, it's been so stupid here for Darlene with, you know, three, you know, he's on his third coach. He's been here four years, you know, like he had his first coach was just like, Hey man, go play offense. Great, Speaking, cool. That's what I'm like good a, at. It's like a quarterback who has an offensive coordinator, a different one every year. I mean, it right. does matter. It's it's not nothing. It matters, right? You know, like I mean, I I hate like you're making me do it. I'm making myself do it. I hate bringing up Bills stuff when I talk about Sabers because everybody likes to make those comparisons, and I it, I'm just like they're I know two it completely you. different universes. It it's not you. even different planets. 
they're com- like it's it's a parallel universe when it's comparing the Sabers to the Bills. You know, that's you know, it's bizarro world with the Sabers and it's the normal normal Earth one with the Bills. But imagine, you know, I, I think about how things would have been so could have been not would have been it could have been so much different here with Allen, you know, with how controversial the pick was at the time, because, you know, there were other guys on the board, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and if they didn't have the right support system around them and they were just kind of like, hey, man, just go huck that ball deep. I don't care. You got the big arm. Just throw it. And the, and did nothing to try to try to work on his game or d- do nothing to improve his throws, do nothing that, you know, took a real hands off approach and said, hey, man, your talent will figure it out. Just just get her done how would that have worked out? You know, he's throwing 35 picks a year and suddenly you got, you got six foot five Jameis Winston playing for the bills, you know, like that's, you know, it was like, yeah, he throws 30 touchdowns, but he's throwing 35 picks. So great. Cool. Like, I guess he's worth it. I suppose at least he can run, you know, like that's like, that's what you're, that's what you're talking about when you, when you're comparing like, uh, you know, McCarr, McCarr got like the bean McDermott set up in Colorado, you know, and Darlene's gotten the, Baker Mayfield, oh, mm. man, that's that's a bad comparison. See, that's there's he lacks a there's a there's a, there's a real try to think like who try to think of the guys that have had like multiple coaches as rookie quarterbacks because like coaches change their quarterbacks like socks, sure you know like I I think of, I think of Josh Rosen the guy that you know. I I will admit I wanted the Bills to take Rosen because Me I too. thought he was the better prospect. Many people did. Me too. At the time. And um Rosen got the worst setup possible in Arizona. Like he he played on a team that had the worst offensive line in football. And they made him the starter like immediately without even like giving it a try. They're like, well, you got Larry Fitzgerald, just throw to him, it'll be fine. It's like, well, that's cool, but he's got 0.2 seconds to throw the ball. Right. <laughs> you know, what's he what's any quarterback gonna do in that situation? And then, you know, they fired the coach and then they bring in Kingsbury and he wants uh then he wants uh Kyler Murray. And it's just like, okay, well, that's how it goes. And then they ship him to the Dolphins. The Dolphins had a horrible offensive line. The Dolphins couldn't like do anything to help him out. It was just like, okay, this guy's career is basically done because he went to two teams that like are bashing their own head in with a hammer. You know, like that's that's how careers can can get sideways sometimes. And, you know, it's not sometimes it's not the fault of the player. Sometimes it's just the fault of the situations they're thrown in. Sure. Darlene's case, you we know he's great. We know he is. We've seen the talent. We've seen the ability. We've seen all that stuff, you know, from before when he was before he was a saber when he was playing for Sweden, played literally played here for Sweden in the World Juniors, against you know played in the gold medal game against Canada, the whole deal, um, and he was great. You know, he's one of the top guys in the in, in the tournament that year. The whole you know whole nine yards, and you know he gets here and he has a great rookie. He has a really good rookie season. You know, he puts it. You know, he's doing stuff as an 18 year old defenseman that nobody's done since Housley, since his coach had been, had played, you know, he's doing stuff better than Bobby Orr did as a rookie. Like you can't like the greatest defenseman of all time, Bobby Orr. like he's, he's breaking, he's going past what Bobby Orr did as a rookie. Like you, like you try to wrap your head around that and you're just kind of like, wow. And you're like, he's putting up numbers compared to a guy who played in the run and gun eighties. Like that's, as an 18-year-old, you're just like, holy shit, this guy's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is good. And then Ralph happens. And then everything gets sideways. And even still, 
even still with Ralph kind of throwing the reins around him, he still found ways to shake that off and just do play his game. You know, with even with Ralph telling him like, you get to the blue line, you stop, you know, that's it. You know, no more offense for you, pal. You're not, you're not going to circle deep. You know, that's that, it's that kind of stuff where it's just like, he's had his, he's gotten dicked around so much with here that like nobody really knows what he's able to do, which is a dangerous path because that's the risk to line in path. Yeah. And nobody wants that to happen to him. So that's, that's where everything gets all screwy because now everybody's, everybody's got PTSD because we've seen so many guys get ruined from being here. And now you've got Darlene who everybody recognizes has immense talent and they're just like, don't screw it up. And every time he has these slow starts, everybody's like, Jesus, they're messing it up. He looks, he, the casual hockey fan could see the talent that he has. You don't need to be an expert. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be an analytics guy. Even again, uh, uh, I would consider maybe a, I'm a little more than just a casual hockey fan, but I'm certainly no expert, but I noticed him. One more Sabres thing too, before we talk bills uh, that would aggravate me leaving the game. And it's not these, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to make cl- this clear. Leaving that game tonight. If I'm a fan, I'm angry. It's just impossible for us to have a, fucking conversation for a week and not talk about COVID, but it struck again. You know, you mm-hmm. mentioned guys, they got back. Well, this, this week, Tuck, who just returned, you know, who debuted with the Sabres, mm-hmm. Hayden Krabs, a guy who was starting to look really good here. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about him. Uh, not, not like they won't be back, but you know, God willing, um, Bork, well, Akposo, Bryson, mm-hmm. who is better, but he wasn't cleared to play. But anyway, back to, to, to Krebs specifically and talk, but I remember it was maybe Monday, I think when, when this came out, but anyway, he was mm-hmm. at practice. There was a practice where we thought when we originally had a conversation, I remember talking about this, like Krebs was kind of like that placeholder for cousins, but mm-hmm. Krebs looked really good. Yeah. And then there was a one practice. I believe I could be wrong, but I think the Sabres had one practice mm-hmm. where both, cause there were still other guys out. So cousins and Krebs were both, on lines at practice, separate lines. But mm-hmm. I, I was starting to think, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this guy has earned, and you talked about this on the show last week. If he plays really well, they're going to make, it's going to make a difficult decision for management to send him back down. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was playing well. Cause I, I started to get a feeling like he might be up here a little bit longer. Now, again, there were still guys on COVID. So who knows, but I was really looking forward to that. So that sucks to, to not have, and again, Akposo's played well at it. Anyone mm-hmm. who, I don't care if it's a, a, the scrubbiest player on the roster. I don't want anyone to ever get COVID and, uh, you know, have to miss time because of this and, you know, knock on wood, even not get ill. But, you know, like talking Krebs, that would be my, I'm like, God damn, it would be just so nice to see all the good Sabres players at once healthy playing together, even just for a stretch, a small stretch of a few games. You know, that's the frustrating part for me. And it's not their fault, like I said. Yeah, and I think of that practice and like they pulled those guys off the ice halfway through practice to be like, hey, there's an issue with your test. Mm-hmm. Like they could they couldn't wait to get on the ice to wait for the test to come through to to this, you know, to get that figured out. And, you know, they just said, well, hey, man, we got to practice. And then it's just like, oh, test came through. Get off the ice. Like. It just it sucks. And it's it. The, the thing that stinks, though, is that as, as soon as you get as soon as one guy goes out. And like this happened, what, two, three weeks, like two weeks ago with Hinostroza. Like Hinostroza gets a case. Like Tokarski was the first guy who got it. And he still isn't back yet. Like he's practicing and whatever, but like he's like three weeks out now. Like that's, it's a lot of time. Right. 
Um, but like when Hinostroza went out, it was just like, oh boy, keep an eye on everybody else now because you know I know how the I, you know you know how the locker room's set up. Everybody's you know right next to each other in the room. You know they. You know, they, they, everybody's vaxxed up, so they don't have to be masked up, you know, at all times in the room. So, you know, you, you know, one case pops up and you're like, okay, let's see who else gets it. And then it's, you know, one guy the next day. There's two guys mm-hmm. two days later. Then you're like, okay, well, we've got an outbreak. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. And, you know, no disrespect to guys like McKinnis and, and, and Jankowski in the lineup, but... Mm-hmm. You know, take them two out and put in Krebs and Tuck, and I'm a lot more excited about this game and maybe a different outcome. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Tuck played well, went before, and I mean, yeah. the first couple games, he had that goal against Boston, which, by the way, that Krebs to Tuck goal, mm-hmm. easily the highlight of the year. Yeah. If you're a Sabres fan looking for something, I remember how many times, I lost count, dude, how many times I bet you to be a salesperson <laughs> and say, sell me on some hope. <laughs> there, there, there. Well, <laughs> I would say if I were you at this point, go back and watch that fucking game and watch that pass from Krebs to Duck for mm-hmm. that goal because that was just beautiful. Tate Thompson had two goals against New Jersey last week. I believe he's playing on the line with Tuck. There's, yeah. a, there, there's reasons for optimism, but that just it just sucks. And I get it. Again, it's not their fault. It's just, man, it would be so nice just to see this team play for, for a stretch. Yeah. You know? so. And it's... <laughs> I'm glad you put it as it's not their fault because I've been I've been telling I've been saying that that should be the team motto like this you know like this year and like the end like the halfway through last year it's not their fault it's not their fault that they're this bad it's not their fault that things go wrong it's not it not they didn't do it it's not on them I think of Robin Williams it's it's not their fault (laughs) I think of Robin Williams holding Matt Damon's head it's not your fault. (laughs) It's not your fault and goodwill hunting. But it's like, you know, like when people are getting all shitty about Eichel and Reinhardt, I'm like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault it didn't work out here. Mm-hmm. You know, like look at everybody, like they played as as well as they could in this dumpster fire of a situation. I'm glad you said that. Let me say one quick thing. Then I want to move on to the Bills here. In a very limited amount of time, just a couple games, I feel a lot less angry about the Jack. I've been very, very angry about how the Jack Eichel thing played out. I don't want to rehash all those details all over again. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I always hoped against hope that they would find a way to come to some kind of mutual agreement, you know, and stay, and Eichel would stay here and become the the type of player, well, I think he was actually the type of player that a lot of people want him to be, but just mm-hmm. more successful from a team perspective. I didn't want to trade. I didn't like to trade. To me, Hayden Krebs, I don't care. A prospect is until they're not a prospect anymore. You know what I mean? I don't care what mm-hmm. they do in lower levels. Until I see it in the NHL, it, I don't care. And Alex Tuck is like, all right, he's okay. But now I've seen Tuck play a couple games, and I kind of like what I'm seeing, and I see some potential in Krebs and what he's done in Rochester. And, you know, he's had his moments, at least, in, his, in the first few games with the Sabres. I feel better about that trade right now than I did a month ago. Still don't love it, though. But I feel better. I, I, I like what I see from Krebs and Tuck. I was going to say, um, it's starting to look like Eichel's going to be ready to play in February at some point. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And I don't know if you looked ahead at the schedule, but I don't know if you you saw who was playing here in Buffalo in early March. Ooh, I didn't know that. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That would be so cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how uh, how fun will that be? Provided COVID doesn't get in the way, because that you know we have to, of course, we got to be prepared for that possibility. Like that, you can't escape that. Of course, but 
Imagine you've got Tuck and Krebs on the ice against Eichel. Like, okay. March okay. 10th. Thursday night. Mar- I had to look it up as you were saying mm-hmm. that. Thursday night, March 10th. Potentially, what a hot ticket that'll be. That that will be the sellout game this year. <laughs> if they can't sell that game out, then it's time to relocate this franchise, all right? Yeah, I, that, I mean... They're selling the game. Like not only that, but it's not even like one of those premium games where they like they're trying to max out the ticket price on everything. Like they, I don't know if they're going to change that. I was going to say, I bet I wouldn't be surprised they change that shit. (laughs) But I mean, that'll be fun. I didn't know that until you brought it up. I didn't know that Vegas. I I wasn't thinking. I'm like, because I know we played at Vegas already. I forgot we played twice. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, um, I'm just I'm I'm a little less angry that it came to that now because I do see some potential in what they got in return. And I think it's going to be a good fit for this hockey team going forward. I still don't think either players is close to being as good as Eichel, but no, no, they're not. no, right. like they're, they're you're, not. you're asking, you're asking a lot for those I guys am. to be as good as Eichel. I just want to be happy with the Sabres. And even again, tonight was a game that I, I could live with it. We're not, we've talked about this many times. It's not about the W's as much as how they look. And I'm like you said, I think you said it perfect to wrap this up. Uh, it's not good that they played so shitty in the first period, but it shouldn't be completely unexpected either, considering that they hadn't had a game in five days and very young team. And, and again, guys in and out of the lineup, just the way it is. Let's talk some bills though, because the season's the regular season ends this week. Too many potential scenarios to spend on mm-hmm. all of them, but here's the bottom line. The Bills are in the playoffs. Third straight year, fourth time in five years under Sean McDermott, and all they got to do is beat the, the lowly New York Jets in a home game to lock up the division. No worse than a fourth seed and guaranteed uh, a home playoff game. They can't win the top seed in the AFCs. They can't get a bye. They can't get to one, but they can finish as high as two, or they could go, I think, as low as like six or something like that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question because somebody tweeted about this and I've been spending a lot of time and effort, probably too much thinking about potential opponents in the first round or so. And this Nicholas Kamizzi is the, the guy's name on Twitter. And cause I put something out like, who would you want to play? Whatever. He goes, it's tough. And I'm going to ask you this as a question. He goes, do I want to play a team with an explosive quarterback? And then he listed Kansas city, Cincinnati and the chargers. Do I want a team with an explosive running back, which is Indianapolis, Tennessee, if Derrick Henry's back, which he very well may be. He's, the practice window was started for him. Plus, they got a bye next. They're likely going to have a bye mm-hmm. in the first round. Or, actually, they maybe they did lock up the top seed already. I can't remember. I think they did. But regardless, whatever. He ain't going to be playing in the next, this week or next week. I know that. Or, do I want a team that's just really good all around but not explosive? New England. None of those are like easy matchups for the Bills, but when you start thinking about that, if you're the Bills right now, this current makeup, this team as it stands, would you rather play a team with a really good quarterback, knowing that you're down Trey White? Would you rather play a team that has a really good running back? And we've seen firsthand both Taylor and Derrick Henry have hurt the Bills bad this year. Or do you want to play a team that's just really good all around, but not explosive, like New England, who beat Buffalo pretty well in Buffalo, and then Buffalo went to New England in much different weather circumstances and handled them pretty convincingly. 
don't know. What are your thoughts right now? Because none of those are easy matchups. I don't think so. AFC is no. going to be so, I think the playoffs are going to be wild. Every team I just mm -hmm. mentioned, and I mean this, I legitimately think every single team that I just mentioned can win the AFC. All of them, including yeah. Buffalo. No, I, you're 100% right. Um, I, every one of those options for the Bills sucks because yeah. there's gotta be somebody there's a boogeyman with with all three of them like like you want like okay so if you like i mean if things go really sideways you, you lose to new england or you lose to the jets and new england wins and then you got to deal with tennessee in the first round with derrick henry back in Tennessee, like, or, you know, maybe eventually getting Tennessee, actually, like, yeah, actually, I don't think it would be Tennessee because I think I'm almost positive Tennessee's already got the number one seed. I'm almost yeah. positive they are. Yeah, I, I think th the worst the Bills could do is if they did lose and New England won, New England would win the division. I think I could be wrong. The Bills would either if the Bills lost to the Jets and New England won, the Bills would be almost guaranteed to play either at Kansas City or at Cincinnati in the first round. And I don't like either of those matchups with our defensive, uh, with our corners. I just don't. I would, I think I would rather have Cincinnati just because. And the inexperience of Joe Burrow, that's fair. There's they, that, they haven't won anything. Right, right. And you know how I always, I bitch about the Lions a lot. Cincinnati's got the longest playoff win drought in the NFL. Yeah. They haven't won a playoff game since they went to the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 23. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's insane. That's nice. like, they, I mean, they've had plenty of opportunities. They just keep running into the Steelers in the first round. So I wouldn't mind lining up against Cincinnati because I, don't I know, agree. Bang, Bengals, I don't know. Bengals are such a wild card, but like. They've lost some. Sh they, I mean, everyone's had a bad game or like yeah. the Bills losing to Jacksonville, but since he's had. A couple stinkers. They played well. They're a dangerous team, but I agree with your point. I know where you're going, and I agree with it. They haven't done anything. They haven't proven anything. There's no one on that team that's really won anything. I agree with you. Here's the biggest. I think the Bills, if, if I'm a Bills fan, and I am. I'm not going to lie here. I am. I just hit my head on my boom arm, by the way. Thank God <laughs> this is audio. Thank God we're not doing video right now for YouTube. But anyway, um, my path, if I'm the Bills, and I really want to get to a Super Bowl, the number one thing I don't want to have to do is go to Kansas City in round two. Or obviously round one. But even mm -hmm. round two, I know the Bills can beat Kansas City. I know the Bills did beat Kansas City this year, okay? I'm, I'm not dumb. I remember the game very well. They're still, to, in my opinion, I think they're the best team in the AFC. I, they got, I, I look, I loved some Josh Allen, all right? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the AFC. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't, mm -hmm. He ain't going to win MVP. It's not even going to be top five MVP. He has struggled this year. He's made a lot of bad mistakes and a lot of bad blocks. Some really weird shit has happened during some Kansas City Chiefs games. And I've told you this, man. Damone Harris played for him. That's my guy. I watched all, not the first half of the year anyway. I watched all their games, okay? The Chiefs are a good football team. The defense just has to be acceptable. And the defense has been the strength of their team for a lot of this season, which is really weird. That mm -hmm. offense is coming around. I'm not going to be... Very confident if we have to go to Kansas City, uh, a team that's been in the Super Bowl, what, two straight years now? Yeah. yeah. Two straight years. So they've been there, done that. They got the talent. They got the experience. They got the head coach. 
and they're playing really good football. They're hot right now. Even though they did lose at Cincinnati, that was a wild game last week. But I still don't want to play the Chiefs. I'm not yeah. afraid of Tennessee. I think the Bills' biggest problem when they played Tennessee the first time is I think they sold out too much on Derrick Henry to try to stop him. I mean, he broke off that long run, so that's why mm-hmm. his stats look so great. But he had basically had two runs, and the Bills tried too hard to stop him, and that just opened too much shit up for Ryan Tatum. I think the game plan would be different. Uh, you, I, you just mentioned Cincinnati. I'm not afraid of them. I, I don't think New England's better than Buffalo, and I don't. The Bills play really well against rookie quarterbacks. You can't discount that. Even the game they lost, they lost because of the weather. All right, Matt Jones threw three passes the whole game. You saw what happens when he's got to open up a little bit more. The Bills are just a better football team than New England. I'm not saying New England sucks, but I think the Bills are a better team. Yeah, leave it no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I thought the Bills are the better team than the Patriots all year. It's just, you know, that that game, and people want to be like, oh, the weather. And I'm just like, yeah, but you do what they were going to run every play. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Yeah. You know, you you can't you can't be like you can't be like oh well the weather it's like you knew they were gonna run every play like right. you can't act you can't act all like oh it doesn't count like uh, like imagine playing <laughs> imagine playing like Tecmo Super Bowl and only half the plays and you know they're only picking one half of those plays sure. or like in Madden like you only know they're picking run plays and you're like okay whatever just load up just. <laughs> Do whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to throw you. They're going to throw the ball three times. You could play, play somebody in a video game. You know, they're going to throw it only three times. You don't know when, you don't know where, but they're going to do it three times. And the other times they're going to, they're going to run on you. Like you're probably going to win. I have respect for new England. They're the type of team that they're not going to beat themselves. You got to go out there and you got to be better than them on that day. I think mm-hmm. the bills are a better football team. However, I'd say new England's a more consistent team. Like the Bills have shown the capability to beat themselves where I don't think New England is going to do that. The team that really intrigues me is the Chargers because, again, they got a lot of weapons. They got a lot of talent, a good quarterback. They got great receivers, which is a bad matchup for the Bills' corners. Mm-hmm. The problem is, dude, the Chargers might not even be in the playoffs. They're playing the Raiders. That's literally a, a Sunday night football, a winner-take-all game. If the Chargers don't beat the Raiders on Sunday, you ain't got to worry about the Chargers because they ain't going to be in the playoffs. That's uh, I'm stunned by the Raiders, honestly. Like, I, 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 I for all the garbage that's going on with, with Vegas this year, I just, I'm staggered that they are in a spot where they can make the playoffs. Like, yeah, Derek Carr's a, Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. Like, he, he flies under the radar, which is weird because you think anybody who, who plays even half decently well for the Raiders is going to be, is going to be talked about, but Carr's, not bad. Like Carr's a pretty decent QB. And if you asked me to name anybody else on the Raiders offense, I would fail instantaneously because I don't know who the hell plays for that team. Zay Jones, baby. Oh, that's, oh <laughs> God, Zay Jones. Of course, Zay Jones. Yeah, Zay Jones played well. Darren Waller's their best weapon to tight end, but he's been banged up this year. No, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the Raiders, but yeah, I agree with your point. To lose John Gruden, not lose him, for him to get fired deservedly so, Mm-hmm. After all the shit, he said, just all the turmoil there for them to even be in a position for the playoffs is remarkable. I, I'll tell you what, Derek Carr deserves a lot of love for that. With with the Chargers, though, and the Bengals and the Chiefs, this is where I, I don't think Trey White injury is really caught up to the Bills yet. Now, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. What game did he get hurt? It was Thanksgiving night. He got hurt against the Saints. Mm-hmm. They played the Patriots, who, again, threw the ball three times. You could have played corner that game yeah. in Orchard Park. I wish I did. 
They play, then they play Tampa, who does have two really good receivers, and they mm-hmm. hurt the Bills, but they didn't. It wasn't like, oh my God, we're, we're we can't do this without Trey White. It wasn't that type of game. The Bills should have Bill, won that the game. The Bills pulled the Frank. Sabers that game. They played yeah. an awful, awful half of football that cost yep. them. Yep, the Bills should have won that football game, and that's the one time this year where you can talk about other Bills losses and frustration. I'm frustrated still to this day with the officiating because the Bills should have won that football game, and I do think the officiating was the primary reason why they lost at the end. But anyway, whatever, you know, I'll move on there. Carolina, you could have played corner again because again, Cam Newton ain't hurting nobody. Mm -hmm. Then they played the Patriots again. Mac Jones, just not that guy. New England just doesn't have those receivers. And then Atlanta. You know, Calvin Ridley hasn't played for most of this season. He's their their go-to guy. So Mm -hmm. the Bills corners, and they're playing the Jets this week. I mean, what I'm saying is that you haven't seen the Tyreek Hills. You haven't seen the, the Keenan Allens or Mike Williams for the Chargers. You haven't mm-hmm. seen the Jamar Chases and the Tyler Boyds and the, and the T. Higgins that the Bengals have. That's still something that I feel, and hopefully it, from a Bills perspective, it doesn't happen, but it hasn't reared its ugly head. Like The Bills have not gotten destroyed by a quarter who said, all right, there's Dane Jackson and we're going to go after him every play just like they used to do to Levi Wallace when Trey White was out there. Mm-hmm. I'm still very, very concerned about that. And as hard as it is to physically stop a guy like Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, I'll take my chances that you'll tackle better that game, that you'll have some schemes, that you'll load up the box, do what you got to do, as opposed to a good quarterback who can find receivers that the Bills, like Dane Jackson, just can't cover, you know? Yeah, the, pa- the passing games are always going to be scarier. And you're right, they have not, they have not faced a real passing threat team since White's been out, and they haven't they haven't really well, gotten Tampa, thrown on yeah. much at all. Like you know, Tannehill was able to throw on him, but that's because he was play acting, play actioning every play, he, yeah. and the, he sold out the against the run. Yeah. Bill's defense bit on it every single time. Yep. yep. So, you know, any receiver is going to be able to get open on a comeback route when when the linebackers are all biting on that on that fake. So. You know, that, I mean, that's one thing. And it's not even like Tannehill killed them. Like, it's, he didn't, but like, it, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing there. But, um, but they, but their pass defense is really good. I mean, Poyer, you know, Poyer and Micah Hyde are really good back there. Um, and they're, they've really picked up the slack with White out. I mean, anytime there's a, any kind of like move or a deep route or anything that, that gets down the field, one or both of them is right on top of it. Mm-hmm. which is impressive, you know? I mean, saw like uh, a couple of the Atlanta guys try to make moves against them last week, and it just didn't happen. You know, like the nice little head fake, and they, you know, do like a uh, like a post-corner kind of play or, or a square in, square in fake, you know, skinny post kind of thing. And, you know, Hyde and Poyer were both right there. Like, nope, we see that. We got it. We're good. Like, that's... That's good to have those guys back there. I mean, people are bitching about the Pro Bowl. You gotta put them in the Pro Bowl. Like, you know why your guys playing the Pro Bowl? You guys playing the Super Bowl, but um, but I mean, like, if it's a team that likes to spread it out and throw the ball all over the place, and if they can protect their quarterback, I'd be really curious to see how their defense handles that. Yeah. Because Big time. Because again, they they haven't gotten thrown all over all year. You know, they, they anybody that's been able to really take chunks out of them, they've been able to do it on the ground. 
um, and use the run game to set up the pass like it was, you know, 1995 again. But yeah, they. Um, but a team that like a team that plays a Kansas City offense. You know, they, they, you know, they, I know like you're going to be like, oh, they already beat Kansas City. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they played the they played the Bizarro Chiefs earlier this year. Like that's whatever they were then. That's not what they are now. Like, I that's, agree. That is not that team. Um, although they lost one of their offensive linemen yeah. this last game. So it might be last year all over again for sure. for them because if his line's decimated again, like Tampa Barrio showed that playbook, just just get in the backfield and frustrate them. So yeah. Um, which I mean, hey, in that case, that's an that's a huge advantage for the Bills because they can pressure the quarterback. That's it's one of the areas where they're very good at maybe not getting sacks. Like they don't get a ton of sacks, but they get pressures, they get hurries and they get knockdowns. So that's, that's all part of the job, man. Like you don't have to put a guy down constantly to, to, to do the job. You just got to make them hurry up. That's it. Yeah. And let your secondary take control. I think as we wrap this up, we'll, we'll, well next week, put it this way. The bills are going to have a playoff game next week. So obviously we'll have a specific team to talk about. And mm-hmm. Joe and I will have a, a preview and prediction next casual Friday to wrap up the bills here. One cool stat, you know, we talked about Trey white being gone. The bills go into this finale against the jets first in the NFL and yards allowed in defense first overall, which I, I'm looking just to confirm as, as I'm saying this, I think this might be the first time in franchise history. Nope. It would be the second. It would only be the second time in franchise history that the Bills had the best defense in the NFL. The other time was all the way back in 1964. So that's a pretty cool stat. Mm-hmm. Let's end it by saying this. All right, so the Bills could get up to two or uh, three. Right now they're sitting at four. You have the Chiefs, but they're playing at Denver. But Denver does not have Sertan, and I can't remember the other guy. Both their corners are not playing, so Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is just going to probably eat them up. Plus, that game's on Saturday night. So we'll know before Sunday if the Bills can climb all the way up to two. And then they're tied with Cincy, but right now Cincy holds the conference tiebreaker and Cincinnati's playing at Cleveland, which I would be more tempted to say that's not a gimme. Well, there is no gimme games in the NFL. We've seen that this year many times, but no Baker Mayfield, which I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing for the Chiefs. You know, he's been so bad. Casey Keenum might actually be an upgrade right now, at least, over an unhealthy unproductive Baker Mayfield. But anyway, if Cincinnati handles their business against Cleveland, the Bills, and we both agree that the Bills are going to beat the Jets at home. I'm pretty sure we're going to come to mm-hmm. that same conclusion here. The Bills are probably locked in the fourth. If they're locked in the fourth, they're likely going to play New England. New England would just have to beat Miami, who's out of it now. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo, New England is probably the biggest matchup. Now, if the Bills could get up to three, then they would play six. Which, if Indy wins, and I can't remember who they're playing, but no, nobody good. <laughs> if Indy wins, Indy, it would, they're probably playing New England or Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I want the Patriots, and uh, I, I, I've, I've never, if you remember going back two months, and we were t- I think we might have talked about sleepers on this show. I, told, I said the Colts like two months ago, but that was mm-hmm. before the Bills played the, the Colts, by the way. I don't like that team. I, I don't like Jonathan Taylor. And I think Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, just he never puts up great numbers against the Bills, but he just looks good against the Bills. But anyway, <laughs> helps, look, it helps when you get a running back running for 250 yards. Sure, it absolutely touchdowns. does. <laughs> and to have, you know, in the circle 180 back around this topic, we like we said at the beginning of this segment, 
you're going to have to be good. There, there is no easy games mm-hmm. in the AFC playoffs. There's seven, unlike the NFC, where there's going to be one or two teams that just got no shot of going to the Super Bowl. That's not the case in the AFC. I really, unless mm-hmm. the Raiders get in, I don't think there's any team in the AFC that you could just completely write off. So yeah, no Ra- Raiders. Okay. The only one I'd just be like, yep, nope, easy yeah. walk over next game. Good. Let's get they'd ready be, for next week. They're one of those. They'd be that team where they're just happy to be there. That, mm-hmm. That's how I feel. And maybe the Bengals might be that surprise team. I said they were a sleeper team too, but they also might be the team that uh, they might just be happy to get there. You know, Joey Burrow's only a second year. Chase is only a rookie. They're a very young team. And uh, I could easily see them, you know, kind of having a home playoff game and getting beat at home. By, you, remember, by Indy. Uh, you remember who you said wasn't going to make the playoffs? Who? The team sitting in first shit. in the AFC. <laughs> Tennessee. You're right. <laughs> you said Tennessee was you know missing what? the playoffs. Before, what a great way to slide into our, our draft. Let me call. <laughs> you know what else? I, I called myself out on Twitter. I said, you know what? I'm going to embarrass myself so you don't get a chance or anyone gets a chance to embarrass me. I'll do it for myself. I said before the season started, I picked the Bills to play in the AFC Championship against the Cleveland Browns. And, and mm. I know you'll remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I know you'll remember this. I also picked the Washington football team to be the mm-hmm. number two seed in the NFC, the entire yep. NFC. I said that they yep. were going to be the second seed in the NFC this year and the biggest Oops. threat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Oopsies. Yeah, and Tennessee wasn't going to make the playoffs. My bad. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of losing, what a great segue to our final segment here. Our starting five draft. Uh, Last week, last week we did Van Halen songs. Joe won 56% of the vote to 44. Let's recap the picks, like always. Semi-close. Running with the Devil. These are Joe's picks. Running with the Devil. Panama. Unchained. Everybody wants some. And eruption. I scored 44%. I took Hot for Teacher, Jump, Why Can't This Be Love, Dance the Night Away, and Right Now. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Not, a, not really a great turnout compared to other polls we've had recently. I think for two reasons. Uh, one, the holiday. You know, just a lot of shit going on during the holiday. So we didn't get quite the interaction and, and, and numbers that we usually get on these. Plus, and I said this last week, I think there were some younger fans of ours who listened to the show who they, they're not connected to Van Halen whatsoever. They either don't know them or they're just not connected to their music. But you know what, dude? Sometimes when you and I do this, I just like to do a, a poll that's fun for us. And mm-hmm. I don't care if a thousand people vote. I don't care if 15 people vote. It's just fun to do. We that's both right. like Van Halen. Last week was one of those polls. Um, so the turnout wasn't there but I'll, I'll say this too from the interaction that was there the reason why you won so cleanly bad strategy i guess on my end taking van hagar songs <laughs> surely backfired for me i heard if there was i don't know say 30 interactions probably 20 to 25 of them were that i suck for taking any van hagar songs you agree <laughs> with that we uh yeah I would 100 percent agree with that although we we got we got bitched at pretty hard for for neither of us taking dreams which yeah. I re- do remember saying that if I was gonna pick one Van yep, Hagar song that would be it you did I remember that so yep. I felt okay about that but I did uh somebody uh, somebody on Twitter did tell me they're like 
did you feel so good going into your last pick that you felt you could have picked any song and one? And I was like, well, no, but that's kind of disrespectful to eruption. But also, <laughs> yes, I feel like I could have done that if I wanted to. You but, pick a song that didn't even have a lyric in it. I mean, we, we didn't pick Jamie's <laughs> crying. Like if I pick Jamie's crying, I win that like 70 to 30. Probably, you know, yeah, I should have, I should have picked that song. <laughs> it would have been a little bit, a little bit closer. Let's see how this week goes. Okay, so this week we are doing all-time TV game shows. Now, these are TV game shows from any era, from the 60s all the way up to something today. Everything's up for grabs. Who went? Well, you went first because you took Running with the mm-hmm. Devil last week. So That's right. All right, so I'm going to kick this bitch off. I'm going to take uh, <laughs> and by the way, I'm, I'm going to say this too before we even start drafting. So we're both, well, I'm older than you, man. My, my age starts with a five, all right? There's a zero right after it, but I've been around for a while. And I grew up in an era where there weren't 10 million channels. So I spent a lot of my youth, a lot of my childhood watching TV game shows. So I watched a lot of these shows. Now, a lot of these shows are either A, not around, or B, I haven't watched them in 25 years or whatever. But they're shows that at one point in my life, I've been particularly fond of. So just want to throw that out there, man. Keep that in mind. So this is a, a category where I'm not just looking at a list and throwing a couple names out. Like, these are a couple TV shows that I've really enjoyed. All right? That said, I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to take The prices Right. That's my first pick. First overall pick, uh, Bob Barker, of course. Some of the coolest and, and funniest moments I can remember on TV game shows. He's in love with the announcer. I forgot the guy's name, but he would say your name. Come on down. You're the next. I used to Rod love Roddy. that shit. Guessing the prices. Uh, the drama of spinning the big wheel to get to the final showcase, trying to guess the number itself. It's, it was just an awesome show. I loved everything mm-hmm. about it. Start, oh, by the way, that first aired, I'm looking it up, 1990, or 1972. And Bob mm-hmm. Barker was on that show from 72 all the way to 2007. Now Drew Carey's on. He's all right. It's I, don't really watch, I really don't watch it anymore. I really don't watch any game shows much anymore. But that's, it's, that's it's I'm not reliving the same. my. Right. I'm reliving my past by picking this one, but I feel good about that one. The price is right. If you if you did take that first, I'd be mad at you. I mean, <laughs> although there were two other worthy candidates to be taken number one, in my opinion, and I'm taking both of them right now. It's Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Because <laughs> the show, I'm, you hate I'm Jeopardy because you'd never pick reason. Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, it's a very popular show, man. I'm, look, I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle if I go against Jeopardy. I'm I just sure. remember in a previous starting five, you slammed Jeopardy and you paid dearly for it in the voting. I did. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Those are great shows. <laughs> Let me say this about Jeopardy too. All right, so Joe takes Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, two solid picks that are both still very popular shows to this day. And it's funny because Wednesday night, we're taping this Thursday night, so just last night, my father-in-law had his 80th birthday and we all went to their house for dinner and we're sitting around the living room and Jeopardy comes on at 7.30. I think it's on CBS. And I was on ABC like forever. Now I think it's on CBS. But anyway, I remember our conversation and I remember I picked it as one of the most overrated TV shows. That's what I did before mm-hmm. I got killed. And yeah. I still think that because I'm going to tell you why. We sat around like a bunch of idiots <laughs> From 7.30 to 8 o'clock. Like, there's like six or seven. Like, you know, some people are having separate side conversations and not paying a lot of attention. But I know a couple people are. And fucking nobody knows the answers to the questions, man. <laughs> so what's their 
five categories, six questions per or something like that, or six categories, five. So there's 30 questions or some shit like that. I'd say maybe six of them at most get answered correctly by people that either you or people you're watching it with. So again, I'm not going to pick a show that makes me feel stupid. But it is popular, and you're going to score. I um, <laughs> let me let me tell you my Jeopardy story really quick. Uh, I was I was I was seeing a girl, and you know, we're hanging out at her place, and you know we're just gonna we were gonna watch movies or something, and she's just like, "Oh, Jeopardy's on Netflix. Let's watch that." I was like, "Okay." She's like, "I'm really good at Jeopardy," and I was like, "Oh, all right, competition. Let's go." I'm like I'm all, I'm all in for it. I trounced her. Like yeah. I was it, I was. I don't know if it was just like the perfect shows of the questions and it wasn't the teen wasn't like the teen or the college episodes. These were like the legit real jeopardy episodes. And I was just on fire. I had everything. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like I, it seemed like I was like a hustler and I was trying to, I was just, you know, trying to like make her, you know, feel like she's going to win and then just ruin her life by, (laughs) by answering all these questions. And then, yeah, then like we got we watched a couple episodes. She's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I go, What? Well, I'm having fun here. She's like, Yeah, I'm not. I was like, Okay, well, there's we'll something the, else then. There is one time where I do like Jeopardy, and then the only times where that happens is if when there's sports categories. Like I always say, when they start running them off like sports, 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 sports. And the reason why, like if I was watching with you and say Tim Graham and John Vogel, whoever, we'd all be battling to get them right. But mm-hmm. when you're watching them with family who's not big sports enthusiasts, it makes you look so smart. You know what I mean? Like if a sports mm-hmm. one comes on, I'll run off all five and everyone's all impressed with me. But what does that happen? Like twice a week where there's just like a pure sports category. And they so, always avoid it. They never pick sports. Yeah, they they're, like they, they're forced to pick sports and nobody rings in. <laughs> all right. I got two picks coming up here. Um, you know, it's already getting a little bit hard for me. By the way, Wheel of Fortune was very high on my list. Um, I, I would hope so. Yeah. So that would have been one. That was like my second or third round range there. Um. I'm going to go family feud. I'm Great a fan pick. of that. All right. Um, I like the concept of the families. I, I like the hundred people, you know, pulling a hundred people. I feel like it's a game that you could play along easily at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you always find out what the answers were, whether they end up getting mm-hmm. it or not, they reveal them afterwards. I liked, I thought Richard Dawson was funny. Louis Anderson was all right. Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, eh, whatever. But again, I, I mean, they have celebrity family feud. There's, wrestlers i remember a lot of i oh, watched yeah. a lot of when the wrestlers would be on it so that's a show i've always enjoyed and then uh my next pick i'm gonna take uh you know what? i'm gonna take who wants to be a millionaire because i it's the only show to this day the only tv game show ever that i tried to get on really like, I remember, yeah there was a it was so popular like in the late night i think it premiered in 99 looking it up yeah 99 i actually remember trying to get there, like you had to call a phone number and then put a bunch of information and then you had to take a test. Mm-hmm. I failed. You know, I never even got past the first part of it, <laughs> but it's the only show that I ever liked enough to even make an effort uh, to try to get, it. I love the drama of it, man. As it went up, uh, the concept, I like the lifelines, you know, you phone a friend or uh, what was it? Pull the audience. And mm-hmm. uh, it was like the 50, 50, you could get rid of two of the four answers. Yep. And you got to use them. You know, 15 questions, a million bucks, man. Uh, I thought Regis was awesome. It wasn't on there for all day long. And Meredith Vieira was already too. And then they had a bunch of people like that. I don't even know who the hell yeah. was on it. But uh, I always liked that show, man. I, once I once was it was no show. longer in prime time and Regis wasn't hosting, I was like, I'm, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I agree. It, it was good for a stretch, but that stretch was good enough for it to be uh, 
on my list. All right, so I'm going to go, yeah, Family Feud, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and that puts you on the clock for the next Those are good. Season. I like those. Those are great picks. Um, shaping up to be close one, I hope. I Maybe. We'll I see. I mean. And I always fuck up. I don't know. Well, I, you getting prices right is probably going to sway yeah, everybody. I, I um, I'm going to go. Uh, this is one that's made a comeback in recent years. Let's make a deal. Good one. I yeah. the the original one with Monty Hall used to play in reruns all the time. Like USA Net, USA. Oh, let me tell you a quick story. USA Network. I would watch all the time as a kid because they used to have afternoons of playing game shows nonstop. Just yeah. All kinds of stuff. And like, I was locked in, man. I, I freaking loved it, which is bad for me for this because I've got a bunch of game shows nobody's ever going to remember or know and that I want to throw in there and be like, oh, this is a really good show. And like, nobody, what the hell's that? So, yeah. But <laughs> Save like, them for the end, though. I want to, I want to know a couple of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but like, let's make a deal now with Wayne Brady. Mm-hmm. Really, really yeah, good. It is. It's, it's, a good it's I can't. I was shocked that they brought it back a, and I was like, all right, let's see what this is like. Wayne Brady freaking kills it, man. He's, he's so good at it. And like, it's a, you know, it's a different than Monty Hall, but like, he's got that same kind of sarcastic kind of charisma, you know, like Monty Hall was kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm -hmm. Wayne Brady's very much like that. So it's really fun. And like, they have that in the same, I think they have that lead into prices right in the mornings. And uh, it's awesome. I, I'm staggered that it came back and I'm staggered that I love it as much as I do. Main Street popularity wise, it might be more popular now than it was before. Maybe. I don't know, man. That was a, that was a big pop culture thing back in the day. You know what you my know, favorite you, thing you about that show prizes, is? prizes. You got the freaking donkey and a tutu or something like that. You know? That was what I was going to say. That show could be really low-key, sneaky, cruel. Like you pick the wrong <laughs> yeah. deal, you go around with the wrong curtain, you're getting that fucking donkey or some shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you got another um, one to come too. Let's uh you know what? This is this is one that's come up. Um uh, you know what? I'm gonna skip that one and hope that you don't pick it. Um I'm gonna go with press your luck. Okay. Press your luck was like I, I don't know how it's it's managed to stay as popular with people, and it's based on memory because it's all based on the show that that happened in the eighties. You know, eight, late eighties. I don't even think it made it to the nineties, but like the late eighties show where it's you know it's got the big board and the whammies, and Peter Tamarkin is the host. I think that's the only like big game show that guy's ever he ever did. But like. People love that show like that. Like the fact that I'm talking about it now and like, they've tried to bring it back. Like game show network tried to bring it back and they did it shitty. And it was just like, no, just do the same thing. Guys (laughs) don't, don't try to like add shit to it. Like the game itself is fine. Um, but God damn, is that like that whole thing was just like, have you locked in because you're just, you know, when it came to the big board, you're smashing the buzzer, just trying to get the stop on five grand every time that you're doing it and yeah, you couldn't do it because you, there's no way you can one guy, one guy was ever, was ever able to figure out how to do it. And he scammed the whole show and got like, you know, $80,000 one show. And they're just like, Oh my God, this guy's a genius. And it was just like, yeah, you know, like that's, that's how it works sometimes with some people, but like 
everybody else though, they're like, no, 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 no. I can, I can, I can go again. Like it, it, it tickles all your gambling itches and then also your mm-hmm. trivia itches as well, where it's just yeah. like, oh, that's a good one. Crap. Yeah, I agree. That's a good, that's a good pick. That's a sneaky pick. We'll see how it plays with people. All right. So I got two more here. I'm going with two old games too here for my last okay. two picks. One of them is, and I do remember this again. Now some of these weren't like in syndication by that time. Like by the time I was old enough to actually know what the hell is going on, but the newlywed game, I like the concept mm. of that show. It pitted newly married couples against each mm-hmm. other to see what couple knew more shit about each other. Um, another Chuck Barris produced show. Love mm-hmm. Bob Eubanks as a host. He had like a 20 yeah. year run. Plus it had a great theme song as well, but I always liked that show. I don't, I really can't explain it any further than that. I always liked that. So I'm going to go newlywed game and then staying on that word game. I'm going to go with my last pick, the dating game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have, you know, one, person looking for a date and then three eligible bachelors bachelor one bachelor two bachelor three some great questions some funny answers some bullshit answers uh they'd have a celebrity in in there every now and then uh chuck paris was like this game show producing god back in like the 1960s through like most of the 80s i just remember those shows so well as a kid now i didn't necessarily set out start watching them like my mom would watch them and then i'd probably start watching them with her or whatever but i don't know just really great memories of those games so that might, if something's going to hurt me in the poll, it might be picking two at the end that might not resonate with people. But again, we, we kind of, we have this dilemma sometimes when we do these polls, picking what we really want to pick versus picking what we think might resonate better with fans. Mm-hmm. And in this case, if I go down, I'll be all right going down with these. Cause every one of these five that I picked, I, I like these genuinely. So anyway, that's mine. Now you get to close it out. You got one more left. Now I was. I had my heart. I was very happy. You skipped over the one that I thought I was going to take at, with my previous pick that I was like, I'll po- I'll pocket that for, for next and hope you don't take it. And you didn't take it, but now I've just thought of another show that I'm going to replace that with Uh-oh. that. I just remembered. And I can't, but I'm just like, I'm kicking myself that I was like, I almost went through this and missed it. I have one. And I'll be honest with you. If, if you're taking it from me or not, but you tell me. Okay. Um, it's the $25,000, $100,000 pyramid. Okay. The one originally originally with Dick Clark, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it, no. Anything hosted by Dick Clark is, is the one I care about because yeah. that was – because they, they changed the value of it. It was like it started off at $25,000 and then mm-hmm. like time – you know, a few years ago on, they're just like, all right, 100000 Like, let's do it that way. But yeah, should we, that – Should, oh, should man, we just show, call it pyramid? Should we just list it as pyramid though? Yeah. Because there were different versions. Yeah. Now it's like three points. It'll save us characters in the poll too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I was thinking about that with who wants to be a millionaire. I'm like, shit, man, that's a long. I just put millionaire for that. Um, I I can't remember. Let me ask you a question. I'm not skipping over 25,000 hour pyramid because I I actually love that show. I think Michael mm -hmm. Strahan might be hosting that now, or at least he did part time. Wait, it's they got it going again? I think so. Oh, man. I think so. I think it's still on. All right. Or at least occasionally it was. I remember Michael Strahan definitely hosted an episode of it. And I watched one of them not that long ago. That's a good pick. Hmm. When you said Wink Martindale, I don't remember if he was a oh. host. Do you, do you remember a host of Tic-Tac-Toe? Tic-Tac-Toe, man. Tic-tac-toe. Hell yeah. I Wink almost, Martindale was great. Yeah, I almost I almost picked that one. I almost that, was, picked it. that was one that was in the back of my mind. The one that I passed. The one that I passed on. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a hint. Um, I was going to say the match game. 
because yeah because you know we've seen a lot of betty white clips you know she just passed which very sad but she was like a mainstay on the match game back in the day and match game was like tv's way of getting dirty words and dirty phrases on tv and i love it for that richard dawson was incredible Sure. On that, holy God Almighty, was he funny? Like, I'm pretty sure Match Game got him Family Feud because he was so funny. Yeah. Um, but like that, oh man, that Match Game was really good. Um, a couple other ones I was thinking of. There was there was this one from USA. I'm glad you said Tic Tac Toe, Tic Tac Toe, because I was gonna try to describe it. I was gonna be like, it's it's Tic Tac Toe, but there's a dragon and there's there's questions and there's money. Um. There was this one show. Oh my God. You know what we forgot? I, I already know one. I forgot. It's on my list. I don't, I still don't think I would have, I might've picked it with my last pick, but I forgot about one. Name I, that tune. Name that tune. That's not the one I was thinking of, but that's oh. another, that's a good one. There's uh the Hollywood squares. That was a oh my show God! back in the day, man. They had oh. tons of celebrities on the Hollywood yeah. squares. I'm kind of mad that I, yeah, dude, they used to have like a, Joe Rivers was always on. John Davidson, I think, was John Davidson. Joe when he Rivers. hosted it, it Florence was so Henderson. good. If you got like oh, that man. center spot, if you got that center square, you knew you were the shit in Hollywood mm-hmm. back in those days. And by the way, I looked it up. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, pyramid's still going on. It's a hundred thousand hour pyramid. It's called now, and and Michael Strahan um, is the host. We we could have. Uh, I'm just thinking of a couple other ones as I go through a list. The Gong Show. Gong that's show. an old show. Pretty was funny, that really though. a game show though? The gong show seemed like to me, it was just like, let's get a bunch of morons and crazy people out here to do stuff. If you wanted to do a new or newer one, the weakest link was popular. That had a nice run. Mm. Uh, Supermarket sweep. Supermarket sweep. That, that show is on reruns or like they have it on streaming. I don't know if it's like on Amazon or something like, but the old episodes with David Rufrecht was Mm -hmm. the host fantastic television like, and just screaming at your name. tv when people just don't know where to go and you're like get the giant <laughs> pigs of meat get the get the ribs go what are you doing get, get five things of ribs get the ribs props to you for remembering that name all right let's recap <laughs> these we'll get out of here all right so i took the price is right family feud who wants to be a millionaire newlywed game and the dating game joe took wheel of fortune jeopardy Let's make a deal. Press your luck. 25,000 hour pyramid. We're just going to call it pyramid. Yeah. We'll call it pyramid. All right. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this could go a lot of different ways. And I say that all the time. And sometimes I know I'm going to get my ass whooped or sometimes I feel confident I'm going to win. This is one of those ones. I truly, I don't know. I would say, I think you having wheel of fortune and jeopardy back to back right off the top is really strong. Mm-hmm. And I think you might run into, if you run into any problem, Price your luck might not be that resonating with younger yeah, people. Maybe. Conversely with me, the newlywed game, the dating game, same kind mm. of dilemma. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Pyramid's a solid. I think Pyramid's a solid pick that's going to do you really I, good. I think I found a way to counter having like the killer number one pick. What's that? Because price to me, Price is Right is one of those nuke picks where it's just like a lot of people will just pick you because they're like, oh, he's got Price is Right. It's the best show ever. Like that's it. Like done. Yeah. We call. I think that we, call, we call that the uh, the Tony Soprano, Tony the, t- yeah. the Tony Soprano uh, 
conundrum where it's just like, oh, you got Sopranos, the Sopranos conundrum where it's just like, oh, you got Sopranos. That's it. It's over. Like, yeah, I need yeah. I'm eventually if these polls get any more out of hand, I'm just going to start coming up with something that involves me being able to get a Tony Soprano or the Sopranos <laughs> pick every week because I'm two and oh in those and pretty much <laughs> not doing anything besides those. But uh, but yeah, poll, but like having having Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy to counter the prices right, I think is I think that I think that makes a big difference. I, I, I got to see before we go, if I can find it off the top of my head. I don't know if I have it in front of me, but um, we, I'm starting to get some suggestions from people, which mm. I enjoy that a lot. I, I God, I can't find it though. I don't know where I put it. Um, oh, all right. I found a couple of suggestions. We'll be doing them in the coming weeks. Someone suggested we do best fat, fast food restaurants. I kind of like Ooh. that. Um, best alcoholic drinks. And then okay. this is the one I said, we might do this next week. I'm going to give you a full week. Here's a spoiler folks. Mm. For the first time ever on this podcast, Joe's finding out right along with you listening right now okay. at this moment. Next week, best eighties movie soundtracks. Oh, hell yeah. Let's yeah. go. Somebody, I don't, I don't have the name in front of me to credit. Yes. Who it was, but next week, best eighties movie soundtracks. Oh That'll man. Be I can't week. wait. Oh, that's, that's going to be so fun. It's going to be so stupid. It's so fun. Oh yeah, man. I'm looking forward to that one. And again, we'll have the bills playoffs to talk about mm. next week. So we'll have a nice loaded show guys. Check out maintenance day. Joe Yurden, Lance Lazowski. It drops every Monday, Apple, Spotify, all major podcasting platforms at this point. Of course, noted hockey subscribe on Joe's Substack. Oh, it's good. That's uh, good talking to you, man. This was fun. And it's just, I don't know. All feels right with the world when I have an actual casual Friday. I don't like casual Thursday. Yeah. I don't like all the other episode titles that we had to come up with. It feels good to have this drop on Friday. And by the way, one last thing here, and I'll let you go. More and more people are commenting about stuff we talk about on the show. And more and more people are making fun of me about the starting five and, and offering to bring you on shit that ain't got nothing to do with our fucking drafts or any of that stuff. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. But it, it's resonating with people. And I, I, I'm so happy. Everyone out there is enjoying us. And I enjoy having you on, Joe. So thank you very much as always, man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.